Welcome to What Should I Do, Boss? The only podcast advising you to take the deal, get your dignity back. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're covering seasons four, uh, season four, episode four through six. Yep. And chapters thir- 43 through 45. I, I think, think that's accurate. These numbers are all confusing me. Um, what do you think of the, the next three episode chunk? I am. I was already enjoying season four more than season three, and I feel like I'm fully invested at this point in time hmm. that I this feels a lot like season one in that it's just really watchable and it's like it's it's really bingeable and um you know I, I, there's still some things that don't make sense to me, but shit, I mean the president got almost assassinated in episode four. What more do you want from this show right? He's having uh, ammonia fueled visions and wrestling yeah. with inner demons. Uh, we will we will talk about Claire's, those visions. Claire's man. running roughshod over the entire federal government apparatus and Russia. Ru- <laughs> yeah, she rules the world like a queen, pretty much, and China, right? Like, yeah, she's no, playing she's everybody. Got them all. So she's... it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I'm enjoying it as much as I enjoyed season two, which was slightly less than season one. Um, I was really, is that really engaged the, with season one. Let me ask you something as your friend. Mm-hmm. Is that because the actual quality of the product, or is it because you've gotten bruised from the sillier stuff of season two, season three, making you not want to go to season one comparisons? I think that's probably it, okay. the latter. Uh, I mean, season three was just not great for most of it, and like... Coming back into it, I I am engaged, and when Lucas, you know, takes a shot at the president, I was like, "Holy fuck!" You know, yeah. Meacham's dead. The president shot. Wow! And then from there, it just got more and more interesting. But I'm not willing to say like I'm as engaged in season one because season one, you know, fresh eyes, sure. uh, excitement about a new show with Kevin Spacey it's and visual Netflix. Look, and, it was very distinct and different. Yeah, yeah. So I won't quite go there, but I see why why you're going there because it is a very engaging plot line at this point. It makes me wonder how much of last season was completely wasted because really hmm. the only thing of substance that came of that was the setup of the Russian and Chinese situation, right? Which I don't know that you needed 13 episodes to do. I mean, they did. I can't remember how much of this was in season two or season three. Did, did they do a lot of stuff with Jackie and Remy last year? They did, didn't they? They did. They did. But so, Jackie I mean, that's was also set up, very prominent but... in season two. Right, right. But that you're was... right. I mean... It... I mean, some of that stuff is set up, but it feels mostly inconsequential. Now, I haven't seen anything past episode six. I mean, what what if, like, so I just keep... I kept on thinking, like, man, what if they had compressed last season's events to seven episodes? Mm-hmm. And or eight episodes or whatever, and we had the cliffhanger of Frank being shot. <laughs> now that now some people would be like, "Oh, maybe it's going to jump the shark," but yeah, I mean that would have been a hell of a thing. Uh, and there had been no like, "Oh man, I can't even. I don't even know what they're going to do with season four. It would be interesting because I, I feel like with a little too much time to think about it, you might you might start to throw some shade at it. Yeah, my problem, my big problem even though I think shooting Frank is the shot in the arm the show needed, the shot in the gut it needed, Uh is I feel like I'll never understand what the hell Claire was trying to do. Oh, with the divorce? Well, not just the divorce. Just she had some plans on, on higher office. Right. And I don't think, for all the reasons we said last episode, that the that, that vice president was what she really wanted because she had to know that was impossible 
what what the hell is she going to what the hell was she scheming to do the first three episodes and will we ever know right that's... is it is it possible that this assassination attempt is one of her machinations no i don't no. think so either I, th- I think that's impossible uh i mean maybe not like physically impossible for this show to connect those dots but i just don't see it i i would would you feel uh betrayed if you found out in episode nine that she had somehow engineered these events to happen i suppose it depends on how they unveil it but you know what but yeah pretty much i mean like we were talking about last episode with us not liking their trend of keeping us in the dark that would be the ultimate it would yeah but but they it's not like they haven't put some kind of hints that she's been up to something i mean she i know she's up to something she was up to some long-term plan that we as the audience are not privy to right up until the point that the president got shot yeah so the conspiracy theorist what little there is in me wants to be like aha you know let's say platinum blondes can't melt steel beams kind of this kind of thing jesus uh let's say for a second she didn't this wasn't part of her plan Mm -hmm. uh which i think is the case um how do you feel about the show undermining her plans with frank getting shot like do you feel that that's a waste of the first three episodes and claire and their uh struggle or do you feel like that's just kind of how reality goes and you're you're on board that's exactly that's exactly how i think about it i have okay equal measure of those two thoughts number one it's kind of admirable that shit happens (laughs) the best laid plans of mice and men Uh uh-huh uh, but also, what was she wanting to to do? Because as you know, Frank Frank's always had a lot of that too. I mean, he's he schemes, but he also capitalizes. But we've always been, you know, we've always known what Frank's scheme was. Although I guess in the first season, did we really? Once he got screwed over, because he wanted to be Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Once he got passed over, him and his wife had that you know uh, cigarette smoking session where they outlined the plan to get their revenge. Uh-huh. But we didn't really know how they were going to do about it or how they're going to go about it. So, right. And then the things that they eventually did, I don't know that they planned every single step of that way. Like they didn't know they were going to use Pete Russo the way they did and certainly didn't know they're going to have to kill him. And, uh-huh. you know, and the same thing with Zoe, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if why I guess I have a problem with with Claire just saying I'm going to be the vice president of the United States in some way. Mm-hmm. and then not knowing exactly how she's going to do it and then seeing her do it in some way that I know she couldn't have planned for, but I didn't have a problem with Frank doing that in season one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that is just, you know, fresh eyes sort of thing, like giving the show a little bit of, of room uh, as, as opposed to now where we want to kind of, we want it to be a thing uh one way and it's not doing that well the only thing i can say that's different is that in the aforementioned you know season one you had frank and claire the two main characters of the the series they're conspiring together right whereas in this go around we've got nev campbell and claire scheming you've got the one you got the 1b character scheming with a d character against the 1a character Mm-hmm. So it does, it feels like we're less in you know we're we're less co-conspirators and more kind of interlopers. So I guess I don't feel <laughs> as attached to the plan. That's okay. the only thing I can think of. That's understandable. Uh, should we just? So my my uh, outline is basically just kind of like an overview of the plot and then some deep dives on character stuff. Do you do you mind proceeding with that? Uh, yeah, that that's basically 
I have a few sections lined out, but they're mostly around like Frank and Claire. So, so the, the early goings, we see that Dunbar has decided to kind of hedge your bets with this Lucas situation by making what turns out to be a fateful call to the attorney general mm-hmm. to try to get her to, you know, investigate the smoke and see if there's fire. Yep. Uh, Frank signs an executive order confirming that he's going to land this Russian dissenter in a nest of other dissenters. I'm not sure. Where is this at? Is it in Italy or France? Uh, Yugoslavia? I'm... It's Shit. I don't know. It was one of the... It had, It has a border with Russia. I don't What the former, what they call that, the Baltic states? I don't think it was actually Ukraine, but... Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but it's the, the important thing is that they're they're uh, intentionally fomenting uh, Petros paranoia, right? Uh, Leanne, so Frank has decided to cut uh, Claire's legs off by giving Leanne a job offer to work for the presidential campaign, which he thinks is uh-huh. going to be a step up. He shocks she shocks him by being loyal to Claire and, and presenting. All right, I'll work for you. Here is the uh, here is our uh, what what would they call it? Uh, Condition? Yeah, the condition, which is Claire will announce her divorce on Super Tuesday. Right. Which would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, something uh, similarly bad yeah. is, is in the works. So, so Frank responds by effectively imprisoning her using the Secret Service. And my question to you is, is there some kind of threat against the family with this Lucas situation that Frank is using, or is Frank just manufacturing a threat against her life to keep her in prison? I think he manufactured it. Okay. 100%. Because ironically, there is a credible threat to his, his, to his life in the form of Lucas, who shows yeah. up at, a, at, at a, a speech he was given out of college, and he went to go engage the crowd and try to do the... You know, the Nixon thing where he goes and tries to, to talk to these screaming young people and Lucas blo- shoots him, uh, shoots him, shoots me. me Meacham goes down. Meacham goes down for the count. Now, did you know that you can actually see Lucas almost from the beginning? Oh, OK. Yeah. Like my uh, girlfriend noticed it and we watched it and it's like a Where's Waldo situation. He starts yeah. off way back in the crowd and he kind of works himself close and all the shots. He's kind of in the background creeping closer. And it's it's huh. kind of I just thought they filmed the whole thing ominously. Like I, I was expecting I, I wasn't expecting exactly this, but I expected something bad to go down. here. I, I was totally shocked. I okay. I mean, I didn't I thought bad, like maybe someone would throw a milkshake on him or something like that. But like getting shot was not on my radar. Right. I I wouldn't go so far as to say I saw that coming. Um okay. it was just like they were you know shooting from out outside the crowd but like a line back and there mm. were just like a lot of shots that fill you with kind of a lot of shots of POV dread. from the crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I actually think that this was um this was direct this was directed uh, the last two actually have been directed by Rob, Robin Wright. Uh mm. and I thought she did a really good job of kind of flaunting the rules of action shooting to make this deliberately confusing. Like, you know, she would flip the point of view and, and, and break the plane of the camera and have you thinking stuff's happened to the right and it's actually happened to the left. Because mm-hmm. I think that if you're in a crowd and there's shots being fired in the president, like, it's just mass chaos and confusion. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was very confusingly filmed but intentionally done and uh, pretty and, and pretty well done. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting commentary that I saw on the internet about how the you know House of Cards tries to use a lot of real life institutions and news agencies and colleges and whatnot to ground it in reality. Yeah. 
but this one, like the whole arc of him being assassinated, they completely went and like you know they didn't use the hospital that the president would pro- would they used a fictional hospital they used a fictional university they had Charlie Gibson formerly of ABC News who I thought killed the reaction of him you know the, the president being uh, killed uh, but he's in a he's on a fictitious news agency he's not with MSNBC or CNN and people said that. Huh. It was probably because the filmmakers didn't want this to be used in some kind of War of the World style prank. Can you imagine, like, it? <laughs> I mean, how easy it would be to okay. put to insert a picture of Obama's face, right? In 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 this news in this news report, and if it was actually Wolf fucking Blitzer with CNN talking about the president being shot in twice in the abdomen, how it could like really fucking? I mean, I I don't I really guess... think the world would end, but like, it, right? That's the thing, I. I don't know. If it were me, that wouldn't be a concern. It might be more a concern to kind of uh, maybe inspire something like that. Hmm. That's to actually happen. Uh, that's what I would be thinking about. I think it's funny that in you know. I think it's I think it's commendable that they worried about it in a world where people pass off the Onion articles as like oh, genuine God. shit on Facebook. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I don't know if it, if they did it intentionally to kind of. Yeah. Went into fantasy land to avoid real life confusion. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I get it. That's that's nice. Uh so Frank then fights for his life. His he's he's lost his liver. It's too badly damaged, uh, and they have to put him on emergency support and put him on tier one uh organ transplant plant list. Yeah. Now I was shocked because my first thought is like, well, fun put him on a dialysis machine. He can li- he can li- live right. forever. Is there no simulation of a human liver? Apparently not. What the fuck there are is, we doing? There people? is very well. I guess it's we a can really simulate complex, a heart. It's really complex organ. <laughs> we can simulate kidneys. Sure. We can simulate a lot of things. The liver seemed like it would be one of those things. There are experimental protocols being worked on right now. Good, but they it's I guess it's like it's a re, it, it's a really tricky thing to do, and there's a lot of complications. Like there's one that does like ninety percent of the job the liver does, but it's, it leaves you with too much albumin in your blood, which can kill you. I mean, it seems like you know your blood is a as a cocktail that has to be just or you're gonna die. Right. So cycle out the blood too. Like get a combo going. Like, yeah, I mean, again, it's fucking harder than this. Isn't like you know changing the variable name of a php no, form, man. the body's it's... basically a machine let's just let's get this going people uh but yeah no i i actually did some research i'm like well i'll be damned the liver is a a big complicated thing that's very hard to replace um at least synthetically so i thought that was pretty cool and also i looked up all the things they said about you know the ammonia in his blood causing the hallucinations and like the tremors that he was experiencing that's all like real life Hmm. like you know first hit was things around liver failure nice so i thought that they they did a really good job um what did you think of his hallucinations was that just uh i i liked most of them i i actually started liking them a lot more when zoe showed up and the then Russo War, showed up. The, the Civil War reenactor stuff has always felt a little ham-fisted and forced to I, me. Honestly, I didn't get that. Like, is this Stamper? Because at one point he sits down in the chair just like Stamper, and we well, cut over, and it's Stamper. Like, how does he feel about Stamper and the things he's done? Like, See, I, I, I tried to analyze it by that, and I couldn't. I just okay. thought that that was indicating that he's taking real-life things that he's seeing and hearing and transposing it into his head. Right. And you know, last he had this kind of spiritual situation where he 
out of nowhere, it turns out he's a big Civil War buff, and his dad, like a, a forefather of his, fought on this side, and it turns out that the actor was supposed to be. I mean, it, I, I, I didn't. I don't know. I, I, I thought I'm with you. The Civil War shit was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. I got much more engaged when it became Zoe as Claire and Frank or and, and, Russo, and Pete Russo yeah. as um, I guess Doug. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And just like. I thought it was really artfully done too. That scene, I, I mean, it's. I I don't even know what I would compare it to. It's it's like a, a horrifying Renaissance painting or something where they're mashing their faces against his and he's crying out and like that was just a really disturbing actually, image. I, I feel like I'm going to this a lot. It's maybe Antichrist. I'm, maybe I'm. Is just, that where you're going? No. <laughs> maybe I'm just trying to really get you to watch it. But it reminded me a lot of the finale sequence in uh, Penny Dreadful. Oh, okay. Where oh. this guy's being forced to confront the bad things in his past and 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 you know view it not from his own sense of uh, not from within his world of rationalizations and justifications, but just naked like. These these are lives you fucked up, man. It felt to me like a, a painting of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse or something. Huh. Like, not not exactly visually, not like mirroring sure. anything, but like the the sense, the feeling I got from it. Who is the who's war? <laughs> Which I think we know. I think we know Petrov. Petrov, <laughs> but he's not in there yet. No, that's what I'm saying. He can His he's come is... riding in on that red horse. Uh, with right. a communist star on it, it's ass. Which which My Little Pony would that be? Proletariat. Oh shit! I can't pronounce my communist stuff. Proletariat. Bourgeoisie. I don't know. Bourgeoisie. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Okay. Uh, I think I thought it was good how they kind of blended it to be seduction and also blended some of his fights with Claire into it. Like this is all just a big mental stew. It's right and guilt and all all sorts of things are in there. It's it's really good. Uh, let's see what else we want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about this whole Frank as a status one and being third on the list of liver transplant. Uh I find this whole that whole idea wildly implausible. Like. You can't tell me that the president gets shot and needs a liver. He's not instantly put on a fucking Omega list that he just gets first dibs on any and all livers. Really? We're talking about a man who's guarded by yeah. a wall of flesh and blood human beings that will are, their job is to get between the president and bullets. Did you do any research on this? Because I did not. I didn't either. And I, I feel like... This is my I, gut feeling that there's... Right. I, I don't think that's a good feeling to go on. Like, the show is telling... I'm sure that the show did research on it. You think so? I'm absolutely sure that I think they looked into it. Because here's the thing. The president is more important than anyone else. Right. I agree. It's not agree. the You're person. You're not an argument. It's the office. Like, this, the, the right. chance of instability and the threats to national security. You're taking a very argumentative tone where I agree with you there. I'm arguing the what show, What I don't agree you. with is that your gut feeling overrides what the show is telling us. Because I think the show, in most respects, is very accurate when it portrays government and laws and all all sorts of stuff. Like really. So so let's go with the show, and let's let's say okay, well this is the case. Okay. Uh, because otherwise, I mean, you throw Stampers shit out the window, you throw the the Secretary of Health out the window, and like none of that would matter because he'd be on some list. But mm-hmm. uh, I was actually thinking about like who gets. Is there anyone in the world who gets better health care than the president? Probably not. I don't think so. Like, on the fucking planet, probably nobody. 
I mean, you may if you want to put the other like first world countries mi- leaders up there. It's as well. close, but yeah, yeah, it's real close there. But I, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say being that, sir, that the top shot. the top level level one trauma centers in the UK, France, Germany, right, Switzerland, they're probably they're as not good. like as good or or if not even better in some areas. Some areas, yeah. Whereas uh, I imagine the United States is better in in others, right? So I, I, I was just like thinking about how good the healthcare he's getting must be. Oh yeah. Uh, and then like, wait till he gets the bill for it though. Holy shit, he'll be. That's the thing. I don't know that he will. He'll, he'll be. He'll be wishing he passed single payer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck, president... fuck America works. Get single payer healthcare going. Uh, <laughs> right. He's on the the government healthcare. Sure, sure. He is. He is on government health care, but it's a much better tier. Oh, no. All those bastards have top-notch. Right. Top-notch health care. Yeah. Uh, so he was in good hands most of that time. And I, I kept, like, thinking, uh, man, there's really nothing they can do for him. Like, apparently you can't simulate the liver, and he's just going to deteriorate. And I guess there's this top-level top list, and he's third. And uh, what do you think about Stamper going in there and bullying gonna... the the health the oh. Secretary of Health? Well, before we get there, okay. Stamper, Stamper goes in and wants I to want donate. I want to be a living donor, which is a thing. You're, a, you're... you're injecting yourself with scotch every chance you get. So go, <laughs> your liver's worthless. Even to you, it's worthless, Stamper. Uh... To the president, it'd be less than worthless. <laughs> I, that's a joke, obviously. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, he. It's interesting to me that he was unwilling to do what the kid who we see blow his head out blow his head off did i actually was very convinced that when the doctor said look uh-huh you know we can't take your liver because the, the president needs a whole healthy one right that's his only option which kind of sounded like bullshit to me but i you know i don't know the medical science I thought the next scene was going to be Frank or Stamper blowing his head off. I really did. Yeah. I thought he was going to have a living will, and he's going to, and that was going to be the big thing. When the kid put the gun in his mouth, I was like, wait, have I seen this kid before? Uh-huh. It actually took me a while to realize, oh, they're showing us how he's getting his liver. Me too. It was like a, a scene maybe maybe two after that where I was like, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. No, I've got some but, – but as far as him threatening the department – the Secretary of Health, since I think this is absurd, I think – I, I actually am pretty supportive <laughs> of what Doug was doing. Like, okay, I don't give I'm a shit not, about this guy and his but, family and his cute kids. He's right. not going to solve the Russian crisis for me. Right. Here, Here's the problem I have. Millions though. of Americans could lose their job or a, a lives in a war for this one guy's fucking... No, no. Sure. But, but you're... I, and that's the other thing. It's like, if, if you, and, and before you, everyone attacks me for... Und- know that in case of nuclear war there's a list of people that are going to get rounded up and put underground for safety and mm-hmm. you and i and nobody else and, and 330 million people americans are not on that fucking list right so we already tacitly say this guy's more important than us he gets a right. 747 that, sure. with, he gets a uh, military helicopters he gets again a he bunch makes, uh a bunch of bodyguards slash butlers slash slaves that care for every single need that he has like he that's we all agree that the person that is the president is one of the most important people in the world. So yeah. we're going to really quibble over fucking li- – I mean I get that the doctors couldn't make that decision because they had the Hippocratic Oath. The bureaucrats absolutely can be like, we're taking this liver, pound sand. Well, they can, but then they'll be prosecuted because it is illegal what they're doing. If it, that is in fact the case. Right. That's what the show told me. So sure. I'm going on that. I didn't look up – you know. Whether or not the president's on top of the list or not. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's the problem I have with it is the hypocrisy of it and the hypocrisy that's all over the actions of people in this show. I mean, what is the what's the hypocrisy in breaking the law, like making the law for everyone else and breaking it yourself? I guess. I mean, this is like the least egregious thing that's been done right. in that right. vein. I, okay. But but every time it comes up, which it comes up over and over sure. and over again, it irks me a little bit more. And I that's part of what the show's trying to do. I don't I don't make any bones about that. I thought it was oddly touching and hilarious that the Secretary of Health sent Doug a picture of the guy who died. Uh-huh. Like Doug Stamper gives right. one shit about he'd choke him at himself. He, yeah, he ch- he he killed the woman he loves for some <laughs> weird mommy based psychosexual alcohol fueled reason. He's mm-hmm. this buried her in the he desert. He would kill a hundred of these guys and take fractional pieces of their liver and stitch them together himself <laughs> and put it in fr- if, if it if that was going to save Frank. Yeah. And like he's yeah. just as soon as she he's not she's not even done with her fucking uh, guilt speech before he's like you fucking delete that right now. Yep. Like what the hell is wrong with you? Uh some people don't know Doug like we know Doug. Right. And that's the other thing that that bothers me about it is just the raw naked uh, exertion of power uh in the face of ethics and the face of what may or may not be right. I mean, you can you can argue about it, but certainly what is legal uh that really annoys me. That annoys the shit out of me. That's funny, and the show is doing that on purpose. I might be getting, I might uh, be in th- for a bunch of hate mail because I'm, I was really unprepared <laughs> for your level of uh, dis, uh, discontent with the liver situation. Man. I mean, this if is, you're, if you're this... represented the average listener, I'm in for a shit show. I don't know that I am. It's just something that I'm personally like, the bothers president me. Comes Abuses in says... of power always bother me <laughs> in, in every way possible. Sure, uh, and and don't confuse this. So when I say this, and I I want to reiterate this from last episode where I said this as well. Don't confuse me saying I'm irked by something or I really have a visceral negative reaction to a character's decisions ah. or or specific things that are being done on the show, plot lines and stuff, with me actually not liking the show. There's sure. a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like people often, very often, write us in mistaking me saying negative things about the, the decisions of characters with me not liking the show. And that's I mean, not true. One tip, I guess, and in, in, like usually when we're bitching about the show, we talk a lot about the writers. Like I don't understand right. what the writers are thinking when when we're bitching about characters or decisions characters are making, we talk about them as if they are characters with their own free will and agency. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I'm it talking also about like the characters' decisions and, and the writers yeah. making the characters make those decisions, making me mad. So mm-hmm. I can see why it might be a little confusing. But I still really like this plot line. Sure. So don't get me wrong. It's something Stamper would absolutely do. It's well written. Uh, so then we have the resurgence of Donald Bly. Oh, Jesus. He okay. has I'm shitting my pants face this entire episode and episodes to come. Like, he is running from this responsibility as fast as a human of his stature and, and athletic ability can do, right? My first, I mean, my note here says, oh, my God, Donald Blythe is acting president. <laughs> like, not a good oh, my God, either. No, no. Uh, uh-uh. it, it was real interesting. So I love. What do you think of his decision? I also want to know, like, what do you think of his decision? Because I was really critical right. of his decision making process here. Okay, um, so to start off, when I realized that this was happening and they had to go debrief him, or brief him? Brief him. Yes. Uh, I I love seeing those scenes of a new president getting the info dump right. and just their head exploding. I thought it was really unrealistic that they first didn't cover the aliens 
at Area 51. Right. That's the yeah, first thing you got to know. Moon landing. Then who killed JFK? Uh-huh. And obviously how George Bush blew up the World Trade Center. Sure. Then you can get to the Russian situation in Germany. Right. But it, it's especially, it's doubly uh, awesome here because Donald Blythe, we know, is just not equipped in any way to handle this shit. No. And he knows it. Uh, everyone in this room knows it, and it's just a beautiful thing to see him shit his pants. He's roughly as qualified to serve as president as Dale from The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes. With, like, if you if you gotten his Bermuda, uh-huh. sh- or if you gotten his Hawaiian shirt-wearing ass and his bucket cap, yep. sat him in that chair, he'd have the same, I'm <laughs> shitting my pants look on his face. His shitting pants look, I think, is a little better <laughs> than Donald Blythe, but, you know, they're they're both pretty good. And then... When I realized, okay, this is Claire's opportunity to shine, and she's going to be the puppet master here. And she sure uh, as shit was. And the way that they pit uh, Claire against Stamper really worked for me. And, like... He realizes that his his regime is being dismantled by Claire, piece by piece here. And Claire's doing it in such a way that she, that Donald Blythe thinks he's being strong by essentially doing what she, she is telling right. him to. Ugh. Like... It's it's really it's Blythe. really masterful. She's she's really good. Uh, if if you left it up to Donald Blythe, uh, Petrov would be within the span of a week. Petrov would be both the vice president and chief justice of the Supreme Court <laughs> of the United States of America. And we and and somehow we gave away uh, Russia a trillion dollars to bail him out. <laughs> right, and all of our gas. We're yes. paying fifteen dollars a gallon. Yes, yes. Um, I. So here's my thing. Donald Blythe sits down. He's briefed in this position that's that's within hours of happening. He's got two hours to make a decision on it. It's the height of arrogance and naivete that you're going to get a better understanding of this in this two hours than the people who have debate. Like, it seems like unless you think that this thing is immoral or illegal, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like he's got – like, at worst, the Secretary of State thinks it's a bad idea. Yeah. But the generals are saying this as like I feel like you have to you have to rubber stamp it. I would think so. Because because yeah. what in the hell can, are you going to find out in two hours that these people didn't already pour through in weeks and months of planning this thing? Mm-hmm. The very fact that he's having a trouble, you know, uh, I get again. I don't know. It but plays Claire right into jumps, Claire's hand. Yeah, sure. she jumps in right away, and, and then also like, Doug did it. Doug did it. That's the beautiful thing about this season is this like chaos theory like butterfly wing effect where. Everyone tries to do this one thing, and it leads to all these disruptions. Like, Doug tries to get Claire in there, not thinking that she would use the president's death to take advantage of the situation, like Frank would do. Yeah. And he's just completely perplexed that that she would that she would do something like that. Couldn't, yep. Can't believe it. It's great. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, and then he his slow realization over the course of those three episodes that his his plans are not going to be enacted here. Um, I actually. So, what do you think of the land land the guy in China situation? I, I thought that was actually. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't know geopolitics uh, enough, especially this fictional geopolitics. That's yeah, yeah. On on on. You know, a lot of people had problems with like the gas. It's like, oh, this is less relevant because our gas is cheap. And I'm like, not That's really. Not, no. Like, you know, you, we knew what we know what the America was like when gas got up to four fifty. Extrapolate. Right. Instead of Saudi Arabia doing what they're doing, the Russia's doing what they're doing, and now mm-hmm. gas is six bucks a gallon. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's very you know fresh. If I were Remy, I would get a different car. Step number one: get rid sure. of that gas guzzling five liter Mustang. But this is all recent developments. Car. Like, it's yeah. it's only when we start fucking with China and Russia that this right. stuff has happened. 
So it feels like they, they're the plan here. I, I think, yes. if I'm reading it correctly, is to get China to lean on Russia um, to to release their their drilling sites mm-hmm. so that they can pull more gas out of the ground and also release their reserves to us and also get to, China to help to out the bailout. Right, right. So they yeah. get access. So to we don't pay all the bailout exactly because that's what Frank was trying to avoid. Right. Um, and I also like how this definitely kind of stitches together the plot from the last two seasons. Like, season two is all about Tusk and China. Right. Which is suddenly super relevant now. Season three is all about the tensions in Russia. Now season four is all blending this stuff together in a fairly interesting and compelling way. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that this seems like such a great plan that I'm... It's hard to believe that between, you know, Kathy Durant... And, uh, you know, Claire and Frank and everybody else, that they wouldn't have come up with this better plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, because... Like, Claire's I, just I had this play, detailed plan in her back pocket this whole time. And and how much is Frank blinded, both by his campaign and his problems with Claire? Like, their attention is kind of elsewhere at the moment. Well, yeah, you can tell that he's not devoting nearly enough of his mental energy towards this Russian problem. Yeah. Like, he's super dismissive of You see this. a couple of meetings with him. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and he just makes the decision, and he goes out the room, and he starts plotting and scheming for other things. Uh, speaking of the, you know, whole unintended consequences and butterfly theory, I love the fact that the department is so... The scandal that underlines the assassination, the fact it was Lucas that killed him, is just the, because not only is he in his a fight for his physical life, he's in a yeah. fight for his political life. Because if this gets out, you know, he's ruined with the cat. I mean, this is juicy shit. It's sensationalist. It's murder, which kind of works against Lucas or what he's trying to do, I imagine. Right. They spin it as he's crazy. But I thought it's interesting that the DOJ guys investigating Hammer and asking for his notes is what motivates him to start thinking about this again. Like yeah. he says in this Hammer's episode, back, baby. in the first episode, he's like, you know, the last thing I want to do is get involved. But you can already tell by the time, what's the woman who plays uh, the mom on Fear the Walking Dead? Mm, uh, I don't the journalist. remember her real name. Her name on the show is Madison, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know her real name. I, I, I don't know her name in this show either, but when she's walking a dog with him, you can already tell that he's kind of denying everything, but the wheels are spit. So if the DOJ yeah. didn't show up and try to roll tough on him with the subpoenas and make him get his notes, does he ever get his notes out? I don't think so. And I, I'm wondering, like, how much did Lucas think this out, right? Did Lucas uh, do this out of rage and... and um you know, a feeling of impotence or did he write this note knowing that he'd shoot the president and it would get attention and that would bring some people might bring some shit to light. I think you ruin your life, get sent to prison, uh, risk your life at the hands of Armenian gangs and suck a dick. You have a reasonable (laughs) expectation of Uh some kind of justice coming from it. Absolutely. And if you're not going to get that justice, then you're going to take it into your own hands and and get it yourself. And he he came very damn... Were it not for the last vestiges of life, uh, Meacham putting a couple rounds Uh right center mass, he would have succeeded. Because he was lining up for the kill shot. And, uh, you know... I, I. this big strapping Secret Service agent could barely restrain the fury of skinny old Lucas, you know? Well, that's the other thing. He's like, very pissed off. Speaking of the blow jay or the hand jay or mm-hmm. whatever it was, uh, the guy's lead up was like, most of these guys aren't nothing to look at. Are we talking about Lucas here? 
The sallow-faced, pasty skin, stringy, greasy hair, giant nose. Like, that's... <laughs> he's not... A, I think you're selling him a little short, but I get your point. <laughs> like, I, I just don't... I mean, again, it's not exactly my taste. Right. But right. I'm like, is he anybody's taste? I Probably. probably. Wasn't Zoe's taste. He, no, he wasn't. Uh, Shame. Uh, but it, I... Right, he obviously deserves some kind of justice, and sure. he's full of rage, but did he also have a plan? Like, clearly he wrote the note, for, he wrote that report on no, that was Frank his, for yeah, a reason. I, yeah, obviously, like, I'm so, going to put, I'm with my own death and maybe Frank's too, I'm going to blow yeah. the lid off this thing, because surely people will take a serious look at my allegations. Right. No one ever does. Well, the hammer's back on it. The so hammer, we'll see. That's the thing, like, the hammer is the Hail Mary. He's yep. the Hail Hammer, uh, because... I think it's interesting because Dunbar throughout this is Ugh. is putting into a lot of difficult choices on how she should proceed with her campaign. Yep, and she makes the decision essentially to go for radically uh, radical honesty. I and feel it, like and that's it dis- the... and it destroys her campaign. So I feel like that might have been the right decision if she didn't. I think it destroys add... her campaign. It doesn't. I yeah, mean, it, but it I, destroys her. There's no I, way when, when when her chief of staff calls. Uh, Seth at the end is like, so you got anything for me? He's like, uh, I'm nope. hanging up now. That's pretty much her campaign's over. Absolutely, this, this is the death knell. But why? I think... Because does she come? Does she come across like some conspirator conspiracy theory loon? Is that why her campaign's over? No, no, no. I think it's the sympathy vote. I think the problem is she attacked Frank nope. at the exact no. moment where he had the most sympathy. Nobody wants, and, and, and no one wants to hear all this ridiculous stuff. They want to believe the crazy loan. I mean. This this show does such a great job blending fantasy and reality, because they're essentially saying, you know, right. it's like people like, well, wait a second, why did Lee Arzia, Har- or Lee Harvey Oswald, Harvey Oz, thank you, mm-hmm. uh, why would he want to kill JFK? Yeah, and you know, you got the Oliver X, uh, Stone explanation. You got well, he's just a crazy lone loner, sure, malcontent, frustrated in life, chump that chose to to do this big splashy thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everybody's all too willing to believe that. Right. With Lucas, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, right? Well, that, and that's only because we know him to be correct. Yes. If, Otherwise, if you it would heard, look like, like he's somebody, just crazy. Yeah, if you heard tomorrow that some guy shot Obama, uh-huh. and he had this laundry list of bodies that he had been responsible for, you would be like, this guy's a nut job. Right. Totally. Totally. Because yeah. we've never heard anything about it, and sure. like, there's never been any implication. Sure. sure. So I... Right, right. Mm. I don't know. So I, I think the the problem was the attack on Frank. I actually think her honesty was probably smart there. Right. And then Doug is able to twist the attorney general's arm into testifying against her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire puts out the press release that frames Lucas as crazy. Uh, she also, at this point, uses Leanne to deploy blackmail material, these photos that were taken several episodes ago, against Remy while he's visiting his parents. Yeah. Uh, and now Remy has roped back in because Claire sees Tusk as uh, a center point for her plan because Tusk has got a lot of uh, uh, powerful ties with uh, Chinese politicians and businessmen that they're going to need on their right. side to get this thing rammed through, which all, I, I, all is smart. Yeah, I think they make a point of saying, look, we've tried to talk to the Chinese and they are un- unwavering. They just won't. They won't budge. Mm-hmm. And so then they have to get Tusk involved. Sure. They got to get Tusked. Yep. So I'm going to tusk it up. Uh, should we talk about Polyhop now? Polyhop is, yes, is a blip on the radar. But Polyhop, it seems to be, is like a, a Google-type company uh-huh. that is 
is is giving Conway, which is the the Republican nominee. Mm-hmm. Who get, have we even met him? I don't know that we have. Okay, they mention his name a couple times. But he's he's the Repub- he's the he's the guy running for president on the Republican side, mm-hmm. and I guess he's either unopposed or he's already sewn up his primary, and it's he's the presumptive nominee. Yeah. Uh, but they are selling him metadata and only him metadata from their search and stuff, and I think if true, that is a huge advantage. So here's the problem I have with this. Okay. Uh. I think the biggest mistake they made in this particular thread of plot was mentioning Google in the same breath as Polyhop. I, I think that completely undermines them. Like, Why? Be- because Polyhop doesn't have any market share. I mean, it's a tiny little thing compared to They should have just made it Polyhop. They should have made Polyhop Google. Yeah. The biggest search engine on but the planet. That's, that's what's so crazy about Google is they're so big. How do you actually say that it's Google without being Google? You you just say Polyhop. You don't mention Google. You say, look, they have the bulk of the market share. Uh, when people go searching, they search here first. Like, make them out to be Google. Just change the name. It's just so hard because or like, have, Google have like, Larry has, Page or Sergey Brin on the show. Well, that's what I was As thinking. Like, you could actually have, have like Pmail, and you could have like, and it's like, uh, right. so you could mention like eighty percent of the world uses their smartphone, and it's like, oh, I've got one in my pocket, right. and he pulls yeah. out. A but when they mention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's like I've a seen the butt, I've seen course. the Android uh, <laughs> graphic <laughs> peeing like Calvin and, uh, from Calvin and Hobbes. Really? Well, I was thinking funny. instead of an Android, the, you know, the little, the, the little droid. What do they call that? They have a name for that. I don't know the name. But like instead of that, it's the shape of a dick butt. <laughs> the the, the, the right. little droid thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, so it's I, I feel like that was the mistake. Mentioning it in the same breath as Google, they should have made it Google. Yeah, because it undermines it. I mean, Google is the de facto search engine for the planet. Like, come on. Well, not the planet. I agree, but like, it's you run the risk of confusing people if you try to make because you. I would. I think if I heard Polyhop, and they didn't explicitly say it was Google, I would assume that Google isn't real in this world, and Polyhop is an upstart, which is the problem they have already. Huh. By saying that they're the next Google, you're because that's the thing. Like, but it, I think you can say that they control the majority of the market share for search. Like Google, ki- you can tell Google them the killed stats. Yahoo, Alta Vista, yeah. all those things like overnight. I remember I was there. Like Hot, everyone, Hotbot. Everyone was using this other shit, <laughs> and then Google came out, and like everyone's like, "This is so much better. We're fucked. This shit." Yeah, and it's crazy. And that was, was, I was before one of those G- that was before Gmail. Was before all the other stuff that they've done. But like, it was yeah. so good. And I feel like that that's the kind of like when you know Facebook blew up. It's like suddenly mm-hmm. all the other shit, Friendster, MySpace, all that just went away. Yeah. Um so I I don't know. I believe that there could be a technology that could just that would supplant Google if it was better than Google and that technology in this world is P hop. Or polyhop. <laughs> I guess. But they they even say that it's a very small market share. Yeah, I just that's don't true think... because this only works if they have massive market share. Yeah, because think like think of that if Google as a company backed a political campaign. Oh my god! And you can craft your. I mean, it's very Orwellian, right? Like, uh huh. And that's the thing they got right is the influence it would have. Sure, and it doesn't people. even like it doesn't even have to identify you as an individual. Like the fact that they can craft messages to appeal, like. They can they can A B test shit all day yeah. long. This the the and that's I guess that's a scary thing about politics is that you're not 
the the idea that instead of putting forth ideas and letting them win compete in the marketplace of ideas that they would tell you exactly what you want to hear and effectively brainwash an entire nation sure. into an agenda that they have no they have no real uh have no real plans for for completing which i guess i'm describing how american politics works only without all the brainwashing stuff well i mean you see a bit of the brainwashing in the show as well like as soon as um as soon as uh, Dunbar gives her her thing to the DOJ, her deposition, mm-hmm. uh, that goes out to the public, and the news immediately begins spinning it against her. Right? Yeah, instead of just taking this as information, let's right. see how it turns out. It's like, oh, what a bunch of bullshit. Can you believe she's attacking yeah. the president while she's like that? She's callously pressing her own advantage. Like, all that yeah. shit, when that's not, in fact, what she was trying to do. Yeah. Although... I see why they they spun it, it that bad. way. It looks pretty bad. It's a bad look, Dunbar, and I think you fucked up hardcore there. And I think she has run a pretty sh- sad-ass campaign the entire time. Well, it's almost like they're... She's lucky to be in the running at this point. Well, I mean, but that's interesting because I wonder if... I wonder if House of Cards, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's something I know we've talked about over the seasons. Like, is it fundamentally optimistic or pessimistic look at American life? Right. Because at this point, it'd be more interesting for me to see them run a forthright, good politician and actually have them win. Because every okay. si- every time someone tries to get, it's, it's kind of like in Spaceballs, like evil mm-hmm. will always triumph over good because good is dumb. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, good is yeah. just fucking com- completely incapable of defeating evil because, you know, evil will lie and manipulate and good will be like, yeah, I did that. And here's my reason. Nobody listens to the reasons. It's all, oh, you admitted to it. Right. And that there are parts of this, this chunk of episodes here that really twist me up because, um, like when Dunbar is talking to her, uh, campaign manager, she's like, you care about the law, which is why you need to become president, which she's essentially saying, which is why you need to break the law to become president. Sure. Which, how do you change, A, I don't, I don't know that you can change a system like that, because to get into the system, you have to abandon your values in the first place. Yeah. Now, maybe you can, you can retain some sense of propriety, some sense of, sense of ethics going into a system like that uh, through, through a campaign, maybe. But once you get in there, how do you change the system? Because everyone else is playing that game. And for you to win at that game, it almost requires you to give in and become... Uh, the problem with the system. So, yeah. where do you go? I mean, I don't know. It's like one of those things where... Is it possible to break the rules just this one time to get a decisive advantage and win and then go back to your principles to defeat evil? Right. I guess it's possible, but, but you don't want to hear show, about the people that get caught because and, they get yeah. caught because, well, yeah. I put my hand in the cookie garden and got a free cookie. Next time uh-huh. I'm going to get two. Next time I'm going to get three. It gets, keeps getting better until you take so many that you get busted. And, and time and time again, the show has shown people wanting to do the right thing and get into this, and eventually they're forced into decisions they don't right. like. Jack and Remy are exactly. currently going through this arc. Exactly. And and it just, that system chews these people up and spits them out. And I mean, Donald Blythe has always been that. Like, he's the well-meaning guy who wants to get ahead, and he is nothing but a tool. Right. Right. I mean, he even and got to the VP of the position. Word. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know that that stuff. Ah, ah. Do you? So I want. They made a point to show that Frank got his liver from a kid who shot himself with a shoddily secured handgun. Yeah. Do you think that gun violence has been big in the uh, American politic of lately? Do you think the show is going to use 
Frank being shot and also Frank being saved by a person who got shot as a way to make some kind of point on gun violence? Or is, uh, I don't see that happening It's hard to say the yet. House of Cards makes a point about anything, but do you think that that's right. definitely going to be one of the next hot-button issues that it, that it taps into? I hadn't considered it. Because uh, I, I kept on thinking, why are they showing me this? Why did they yeah. see fit to show me the, this particular butterfly fly flap? And the only thing I think of is that it's kind of an interesting symmetry that a president's life is put in danger with a gun and it's saved with a gun. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... I haven't seen an indication that they're going that direction yet. Okay. At the end of episode six, but who knows? Maybe they will. Uh, uh, I, although I what? have to say, getting shot might actually be the best thing to happen to Frank's campaign. <laughs> no shit. Because I think he was basically down and out. I do too. Uh, at, and at he had no response three. for this Kathy for this Claire situation either. Absolutely. Was getting now... shot put all that on the back burner. It it got them. I think back together at least we'll talk about that at least in name <laughs> but here's the thing like as it seems like there's sin there's a couple things but it bu- killed dunbar's campaign right it did it, it let that. claire kill jackie's campaign essentially i mean yeah. they've got that well, photographic they sh- evidence they own her at this point yeah and does jackie really have a chance against frank come on well no she's not running she's not running for press she threw her endorsement behind dunbar wait 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 is it dunbar who who's dunbar's the, the lawyer yeah Okay, because the the Durant, I keep Dunbar Kathy, and Durant. Yeah, um, yeah. She threw her weight behind Dunbar, and she's just running for her own seat in Texas right now. Oh, okay. But she's also the she's also the whip, I believe. She's Frank's old position. I think so. Yeah. So she's a very powerful ally to have if she's even if she's being used against her her will. Um, but with all these good things happening, I did notice a little bit of like, oh, I don't know how this is going to play when Claire, instead of coming back for her husband's surgery and mm-hmm. liver transplant says I can better serve my country. And I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah. It's not going to look good. Not being with him on the campaign. No, especially when, you know, she's given a lot of good speeches kind of take, you know, playing the conventional first lady. I don't know that you can do both. You can't be the first lady and also the vice president that you're trying to audition for, I guess. So I, I did real I did read that scene correctly. Yes. The very last one in episode six, where they're sitting in the White House talking, and uh, he Frank says that he wants them to be together as a couple, not necessarily as her supporting his campaign, right? Well, so she says, I can't come back and be first lady. Yeah. And, and he goes, not that, not that, which I, I took to mean, like, look, the vice president thing's not going to work. Yeah. But now I actually hear what you're saying, and we can get on the same page. But It can't be the vice president. Okay, I read that as, or as maybe you're going to be my wife, but you don't need to be the quote-unquote first lady anymore. Like, you don't need to, to yeah, be you, that you, thing. You'll have just... a bigger role. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it is the vice president, but the way he said not that, not that, it's like, no, look, the vice president's not going to work, but I, I hear you now, and I want to work with you to get you as big a piece of pie as I've got, and I, I don't know what that looks like. But, and how do you feel about this turnaround from Frank after his, his visions and shit? Because we've seen this before from Frank. Sure. I feel like it's entirely within his character to have this near-death experience and all these visions and weird shit, and also to hear firsthand testimony of how Frankie and his wife became... Like, that's exactly the play he would make. And I think he has... I mean, that's the thing. Like, everyone could see, except for Frank, how important she was to his presidency. Sure. 
And the way he said, I now see, like, I thought you were nothing without me. I now realize the, I think that's a genuine revelation because it's something we've realized last season and he's just now catching up to it. Right. I just never quite trust Frank's revelations. Well, sure. Because I, I Frank... always trust him to go back on his word. Yes. And, uh, those are the the repeated behavior patterns I've seen. Now, maybe it's a genuine change this time. Maybe his near-death experience has changed him. Uh, maybe that kid that blew his head off was just, you know, like a real girl power feminist. And, and it's it's one of those situations where he's got the that liver inside him now. And it's pumping the <laughs> respect your wife okay. bile through your system. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, remember those old... Uh, uh, like there's a horror, like horror movie where someone gets a heart transplant from a serial killer and right. they become a serial killer. Or yeah. Shit like that. Uh, but I think Claire also got a little bit of, of a taste of what Frank goes through. Right. She says, look, sure. I, I, this thing was hard. It was harder than I thought it'd be. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of understand your side of the equation a little bit better too. Well, not, not, it's almost like I understand why you get tunnel vision, like right. where I would be a distraction and a pain in your ass rather than an ally. Yeah, and the way she had to manipulate Jackie and Remy and, like, all of that kind of stuff, she she got a little bit of a taste and a little bit of perspective on it. I, I don't know that she really, like, that's the thing she needed. I don't, so that's I don't a, feel like she was lacking that sure, the whole time, sure, sure. but she espoused that. That's the other her, thing so. that makes me nervous is that Kathy Durant is just getting run roughshod over by Claire. Yeah. That can't be good. You're building up a lot of antagonism. Same thing with Jackie, like, yeah, and and also Petrov. Petrov can I don't does Petrov like the fact that Claire strolled in there and broke him? I don't think he likes it, but I think he's accepted it. I mean, he likes it in the way that Don Draper every once in a while like being slapped around by a woman. Okay, like there's something like they're almost psychosexual going on with them, mm-hmm. but only certain women, right? Petrov's not going to tolerate this from anyone other than Claire. No, right? Yeah. But he's fascinated with her, and I don't yeah. know that that's a good thing for her, a bad thing for her. Like, right. is he going to be able to go back to dealing with Frank now? Well, he's going to have to. Yeah, well, so. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's the things I'm worried about him. Uh, we already talked about... Um, now, when he wanted to stand up and start walking, did you think he was going to go find Meacham's handprint? Because that's the first thing I thought he was going to do. Uh... No, I I thought he was just going to try and walk, but... Okay. But I, I really like that handprint thing. I think... We didn't talk about that, now we're talking... But I, I thought that yeah. was going to be a more important part. I'm like, I thought he was going to go back and kind of put his hand over... Because right. Meacham has the, become the this... Yeah, Meacham has become this important thing to him. Yeah, there's some kind of... of I don't know if it's the trust he he's able to put in Meacham uh, when he can't trust anyone else... Or if it's just some kind of other emotional connection to Meacham. But, yeah, for some reason, that's the guy. It's weird because, like, I feel like he thinks he knows he has Doug's unwavering loyalty. That's true. And love. Mm -hmm. I don't think Frank loves Doug back. Okay. Meacham, I think Meacham, he actually loved Meacham. I don't know why, though. Like, I don't, I. There was the Threecham, but that's just, that's physical, man. That doesn't, that doesn't say love to me. That Meacham says, was always there for him. It's true, yeah. And and he... he uh, but I feel like Stamper always was, too. He always had his back. Yeah, but Doug is like a lizard. It's like, it's like I, you know, do... The dudes that have iguanas, do they really love their iguanas? Or are they just being a freaky iguana dude? Uh, 
It's <laughs> a fair question. Uh, so I've come at the liver people. I've come at you, iguana. You own a tarantula. I'm coming for you, too. Do you really love that tarantula? Or do you just like being the freaky tarantula guy? Right. No, I feel like and does the tarantula like, love you back? Yeah, like uh, Meacham is the fuzzy puppy, and uh, Doug is the, is, the, uh, is the iguana. Okay. That you drape around your shoulders to freak people out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I I want to talk about this handprint though because I really like that moment between them. It's yeah, no. it's a side of the president that you always kind of hear about in real life presidents, sure, um, where they're they're playful and they they have their moments, yeah. right? Between when, crises, when not in front, and that I, I thought that's an interesting thing this episode did too. Is they always show Frank when he's being presidential, he's at yeah. his maximum artificialness, right? But when he's being acting in his role as the president, he's at his absolute like most warlord, demonic asshole. Uh-huh. But then there's this moment where it's like, if you stripped away this, and he was just a dude. Yep. He was just he a was dude, back in Gaffney, and just... he never got into politics, and uh-huh. he stayed as a peach farmer. This is the kind of guy he would be. Yeah, and it's one-on-one. There's no pretense. It's just... He had a shacked up with that his boyfriend <laughs> at the Citadel. They had been gay peach farmers, bisexual bi- bisexual peach farmers. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... The Georgia Georgia looks down on that, right? South Carolina, wherever he's Man, from. Gay. You know. can find gay people anywhere. Sure, you can. Even certainly. in like countries where it's like the And if he's sentence. just a dude, I guess there wouldn't be as, as much consequence socially yeah. for that. Sure. Yeah, they'd just be bachelors. They'd, they'd yeah. be bachelors living on their peach plantation. Yeah, we're just eating peaches together Yeah, it's all like day Batman and... and Robin. There's nothing weird about that. <laughs> right. Uh, but the other thing I thought was interesting is he pulls down a Confederate flag painting off the wall, which has got to tie into the real life... South Carolina Confederate flag hubbub, right? I don't know. I mean, to the extent that any of this does, sure. Yeah. I, that's what I immediately thought of. I was like, oh, they're doing a nod to the real life. However, I've got to say that like, if somebody came after Frank for having a painting that shows the Confederate flag sinking into oblivion, yeah. and they'd use it against, like, fuck you, man. <laughs> that's like... That that's not the way this shit works. You don't like. I'm all for like, hey, the 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 rebel flag is or is. I don't care what you personally think of it. Mm-hmm. It is a symbol of racism and oppression, right? To everybody, and, and it, it's like if someone were. So, so you are if you if if your non-racist, non-oppressive use of that mm-hmm. is coming across the rest of the world as racist, oppressive. Then what does that say about your mindset and your care about fellow man? Right. Whereas right. If, if, you know, this is a painting of the flag being destroyed. I mean, that's... I mean, I'm not having an argument about the ethics, but it is. it would be funny if someone were to, you know, point that out and say, oh, Frank's a racist for having this picture or something. It's like I understand pointing what... to a guy who's burning a Confederate flag and saying, he's got a Confederate flag. What a racist. Or like the one professor that got fired for saying the word niggardly. It's like... Oh, my God. Right. You know, like, right. I, I, you know, there's, there's uh, being sensitive and there's also just being fucking ignorant. You, you okay? realize you're going to have to deal with a lot of emails now. <laughs> Look it up, people. <laughs> I know. It has not... It's like, you know, it's... It's a word. Educate a, yourself. Word. I, I ask plenty of ignorant people to educate themselves on the podcast all the time. You know, if you have a painting, of the, right. the only the only appropriate display of the rebel flag is to have it sinking into oblivion. <laughs> With maybe a lightning bolt striking maybe it? Maybe a lightning bolt is allowed to strike the sinking, the, the battle flag of the whatever. All right. So... Uh, I think there's a couple other topics I want to talk about. There were satellite fringe things that didn't really fit anything. We debated about whether Claire's daddy liked Francis. Apparently, Claire's daddy loved Francis. I guess so. Surprising? Not really. I mean, that was the that was what I was operating under. 
the whole time. So this is the second time in episode four that Fra- that Claire's mother has conspicuously killed a lizard. Is this really? Sh- yeah, yeah, with her broom. <laughs> She's done it twice. Okay. Uh, and then Claire even finally, if you missed it the first time, she, Leanne's like, what's that? She's like, it's my mother killing a lizard. Yeah, I caught that one. I didn't catch the first one. Going with my iguana theory. Uh-huh. And, and the fact that, like, uh, Claire's mom also said, I hope he dies, and their general antipathy towards each other, is Claire's mom going to be involved in a lizard killing operation? Either, either somehow involved in Frank or Stanford? Doug or... I Both can't those imagine. Guys pre- I mean, she's But where sick, are they going she's... with the lizard killing, man? You're telling me that, like, twice in four uh, episodes? That means something. You're right. This might be my dead man's brew. My grandma's no... lizard killing. <laughs> it's That's my theory. You're right. It's conspicuous. I have no fucking idea what it, why they're doing it. What do you think that they were trying to convey? They had this beautiful shot of Claire when Frank is getting ready to come out of the hospital and they're they're doing the residential quarters of the White House all up as a you know convalescence unit. Uh-huh. And she goes into her bedroom and curls up on that couch and she's this very small in this huge mm. room. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because like they never really show Frank in that kind of same vulnerability. Yeah, I wonder if that's just her her realizing he's back and and. Uh, feeling not great about that. Yeah, because it de- definitely seemed like there was mixed emotions about him fully recovering. I think so. I mean, she obviously right before that wanted a divorce and uh, was set to do it. It's she. I don't think she wanted him to be back. And the fact that like it's in her face now. Mm-hmm. Here's the bed. He's going to be here very soon. Uh, now she's back to where she was. It kind of sucks for her. Uh, I want to talk about Seth and Doug a little bit. What do you think about their relationship? Uh, you mean with trying to fire him? Well, this with, whole with Seth coming back and first of all, I like out. Seth. Like when they were, he was How dealing. Do you with... trust Seth at this point? I, that's like I guess you make him think that. I guess Doug has to think that he has him completely cowed. Okay, but I don't. It just constantly it, carry a cup, a glass with you, right? Right, <laughs> just just rattle some ice. Uh huh. Um, I I don't know because I feel like. In the real world, so much of this blackmailing just wouldn't work. Yeah. Someone would be like, fuck this shit. I'm out. I'm taking you with me. I, I Yeah, and I don't I don't know why you bring a guy like Seth back into the fold, honestly. Because he's already proven he's not loyal, so... He did have the funniest moment, though, when he's going over his the press corps, and he's saying, like, you know, I only want facts, I don't want to deal with rumors, and some guy's like, I just got an email from a college student saying the Secret Service fired first, and he's like... What did I just say? Do not waste my time with this bullshit. <laughs> and then, like, pieced out. I, that cracked me up. Okay. Oh, man. I don't remember that part. I hate it when I think something's funny and you don't. <laughs> the audience might. <laughs> just can't hear the reaction. Uh, also, I, I got some other stuff I want to talk I, about. The return of government-issued face man. <laughs> okay. Right. Right, he's, he, he's the one that broke the news that Seth was the asshole. He was mm-hmm. the leaker. He's the one sitting across, looking smug from Dunbar. If you're, I like, I like the Dick Tracy face coming back. <laughs> I like it totally. That nose, man, what has gone wrong? That's he's. It's you know the government. Uh, they, they contract their faces out to the lowest bidder, man. <laughs> That's what happens. Yep. Uh, Let's see what I I do think that Doug attacking Seth and threatening him and with his life what felt very frank. 
Okay. That's Frank setting the razor blade and the aspirin and the cold water on, you know, Russo's bathtub and saying, you know, either slit your fucking wrists or be a man. Uh, Uh I feel like he's done that, you know, it's the when he first called Russo into his office and put his crotch right in his face and said, I want your absolute unswerving Uh obedience and loyalty. Uh, It felt very frank. Yeah, but I mean, it also feels very stamper. Too, mm. he's a man of action. True. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about Remy and this Jackie situation? Why? So why I'm, is I'm not super ja- yeah. engaged in this. I, okay. I like. I thought the Remy Jackie stuff was kind of just done. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm not sure where she fits in exactly, and I don't really care that much. I I care. I like Jackie, but I'm I like them both yeah. because I thought they were going for her to be kind of like the good person, and then they kind of made her nope. out to be the bad person, and then I thought that her removing her tattoos is a reinforcement of that theme. But now she's the one that kind of horrified that she has to get in bed with the Underwoods again. But I don't, is she horrified because she finds them personally distasteful or is mm. it humiliating for her? Because it might like be both her <laughs> meth- ethics and morals. I don't understand. Yeah. I think she abandoned those a long time ago. Uh, and why is she so angry with Remy? Because she ultimately, I mean, that's the thing I, I don't, the fundamental thing I understand about this plot line is she seems to be outraged that Remy is allowing himself to be blackmailed to protect her. Right. And yet we see her do the same thing when Claire confronts her. Yeah. You know, Claire's like her whole line, like, you can't blame me for taking advantage of your sloppiness. And she just like, I thought that that was going to be the point where she realizes, oh, I understand why Remy did the things she's, he's doing now, because I'm just as afraid. And yet she does the passive aggressive congratulations text and not return, take his phone call at the end. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I mean, I do like Jackie and Remy, but I think their storyline at the moment is the least engaging to me of, of all the lines. All right, uh, we got feedback. Should wait, get... wait, wait, wait. Oh. There's some other stuff I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, who who are you rooting for in this show anymore? Anybody? Because I thought for a while that I was rooting for Claire. I still sort of am, but not really. Not yeah. really. I don't want any why? of these people to I... win because they're all bad people. That's tr- and, But the thing is, is I'm not sure I can put my finger on why exactly I jumped off at Claire's ship. Yeah, yeah, same here. Part of it is like I think I wouldn't have if I'd have fully understood her plan and was convinced of its brilliance. And now I just un- I feel like I'm never going to know. Um, I don't want anybody because- to win. I don't want Stamper to win. I don't want Dunbar to win. I don't like I don't want anybody to win. Dunbar is the closest, I guess, but she's not going to win. <laughs> is this show going to have me root- rooting for the Republicans? Maybe it might. I mean, I'm I'm like the best guy for the job. Like I don't really give a shit about political affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more and and more. More concerned with, with what I feel like you're going to do as far as, you know, what's right and, and whatnot, but... Yeah, yeah, you know who I'm rooting for? What? The it, hammer. I was, I was going to say, I'm rooting for the American people. Well, <laughs> in a way, that's the hammer. Sure. I feel like I'm rooting for journalism, I'm rooting for truth, I'm rooting for justice. Because, yeah, this like this kind of corruption, it's no way for a free society to... to I mean, you're not... I you, agree, the, but... You're almost living in the Matrix world, man. <laughs> Right. You think um, you have the rule of law that protects you, and ultimately it's a kleptocracy. It's like this, it's, right. it's, it is. It's very matrixy. And then Agent Smith is rubbing sweat off your face and licking it. Sure. You don't <laughs> want that. Uh, the, the other thing that I want to talk about is okay. uh, with Frank getting shot, it was interesting because 
I maybe we should save this for later. But the chief tension for me was not like whether or not he'd die. I know that was there. But it was more like how badly will shit get fucked up before Frank can deal with it? Like mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Is is the office going to full on implode with Donald Blythe at the head and sure. Stamper and Claire battling it out? Like shit started to get real dark for a second. I guess that's where I kind of went off on Claire because, you know, and that kind of where I Frank has disappointed me is naked ambitions all well and good to get you to where you want to go. But what is and now that you have the power? The whole point is to get, of having power is to wield it to make some kind of effective change in the world. Right. Because else you're just jerking off. But I feel like Frank a lot of the time does that. I, he just wants and that's power why, for like, sake. I kind of got dissatisfied with him last season. Yeah. And I think why I'm off for Claire is because when she got this chance, I I guess it's the best way forward. But it felt to me like she was just calling audibles for the sake of putting her own stamp on something, and she's willing to roll the dice with worldwide security to do that. Who calls her on that? Somebody calls her on that. Uh, Probably is Kathy. They say, "Oh, it? oh, this you want this because it's your plan." It might have been Petrov. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, Petrov. He did, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. So that. he realized that, and that's yeah, you know, the power for power's sake sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's where I where I leapt off the Claire platform too. And but, I, I guess that's what I thought. Like you know, I always thought Frank was like he's ruthlessly attaining power, but like he's going to do it for some purpose. Where it seems like no, he's just accumulated his power, and now he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other question I have is, what do you what do you think the path forward for Claire is here? I don't know that she, like, certainly she can divorce him now, but I think that'd be a terrible move politically. I don't think she. Uh, I don't herself. necessarily know that she wants to. And I, I right. think like a lot of this stuff seemed like, um, you know, ultimatums to bring someone to the table more than I'm unhappy on the face of it and I want out. It's more like, you're not hearing me anymore. I need to make you hear me. So I don't know that she... I don't know. What is the authentic Claire? Is authentic Claire the one that says she wants a divorce? Or is it the the one... I mean, obviously she was telling Francis what he wanted to hear when she was talking about how they built this room. But that's also, I think, said from some place of honesty or it wouldn't have worked so well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because, like, like you said, their plans are shot to hell with the, with the the gunshot of Lucas. So, yeah, we'll see. Hey, everybody! Just want to uh, talk about a couple things happening on a bald move. Uh, we are starting our Daredevil coverage uh, this week and next. We're gonna have. Uh, we actually did coverage of two episodes that were commissioned. We're gonna wrap that up and and and, and use that to get our feed started. Uh, we're also then going to have a preview of the new season coming out next week because next Friday, whole season two of Daredevil drops, and we're going to do that like we did season three of House of Cards. So we'll have the first episode out that Friday and the new episodes out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday until we're finished with it. Mm-hmm. Really excited. We love season one. Very excited about another big hit on Netflix. Uh, I can't wait to get started on that. If you want to send feedback into that uh, for the preview cast, uh, you can send that to daredevil at baldmove.com. Also wanted to mention uh, club.baldmove.com. If you like what we're doing here with House of Cards, realize the only way we could ever do it is because we're doing this as a full-time job. Uh, podcasting 
uh, on television and movies and entertainment for your enjoyment. Uh, you can support us at club.baldmove.com. This week we have exclusive to club members our spoiler-filled review of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah. Which you're going to see on Thursday night, and we'll have that podcast out Friday. Everybody gets the non-spoiler general review, but the spoiler deep dive uh, is going to be something we save just for club members. So it's 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 cheap. It's as little as a buck a month if you subscribe for the whole year, uh, and you get a lot of bonus content, which you can find all that information at club.baldmove.com. Uh, email. We got quite a bit of email, as I expected, with some kind of bombshell episode. Uh, you can send email to houseofcards at baldmove.com. Uh, or get on our forums. We got episode by episode uh, discussion thread that people people are making uh, use of. Uh, if you do send an email, uh, please mention the chapters or episode numbers that you're making the email on, so I can kind of uh, organize them and sort through them. And I haven't seen the whole series yet, so I, I, I'm trying to avoid spoilers as well. Uh, anyway, Eric B said, "I uh, please, I cannot stand to hear Aaron pronounce Nev Campbell's first name, Neve." When 300 million other Americans <laughs> pronounce it Nev. I know you like to pronounce things your own way, but you got to fix this. Uh, yeah, you're pissing into the wind on this one. No, no, Cecily, like, <laughs> met me at the door as, like, it's Nev, asshole. So <laughs> I apparently hit a nerve. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, been a fan for a while now, so I knew that. But trying to get Aaron to pronounce I, any names correctly is pissing I, in the wind. I hate the English language. Why here is pronounced here, but Neve is pronounced Nev? Why can't here be hair? Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. I, I, I really, I, I, I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Um, you should learn Japanese. Much, that much still simpler. wouldn't help me. I'm pretty sure there's stuff. This is, English is probably the most simple language, and I can't master it. So. Oh, that's not true. That's no. The, but like, do we need to get Esperanto in here? Uh, you know, do Klingon, <laughs> Dothraki. Like, there's uh-huh. got to be some kind of constructed language where people didn't have their head up their ass, adopting every mongrel fucking spelling from the four corners of the earth. It's called mathematics. You can there speak you in pure mathematics. I'm just going to speak on the vibrations the <laughs> hydrogen atom makes uh-huh and and you know i'll just carry gold record around with me so everyone can translate all right michael mcbee uh said holy shit i have to say the moment i heard the gunshot i was floored and some of my tv watching habits betrayed me i kept expecting through the episode to find out it was a dream sequence or something to that effect but no it was a well-done episode in my eyes my only thought is back to my prediction about the dream from the first episode. The one that might be the major peace break, or this one might be the major peace break to yet another round of fights between Frank and Claire. I'll disagree with you, Michael, because I'm over Frank and Claire fighting. Okay. Like, if Frank is... If Frank is really long-conning Claire at this point to get lull her, and then he's going to strangle her in the final episode, like, I don't <laughs> know about all that. Well, uh, so... This only works for me if Frank had a genuine religious experience and he's come to Jesus slash Claire and... Right, but there's always the potential for him to backslide. I mean, that's that's the problem with Frank, is that he will have these moments of clarity, but he always backslides on him. Yeah, I, I don't, but... I don't think you need him to have a long con in the works. You can just have circumstances push him in a direction. Well, and that's what I'm saying. They're pretty... Like, that's the thing. I... If... I got to have him be sincere in that scene. And okay. later on, he can be pushed to do something else. Gotcha. But, you know, I think the show works best when they have organic events that he has to flex and change with rather than him just 
you know, do I be- basically do I believe that he's setting up Claire from a f- for a failure as soon as he, he wakes from his liver surgery? No. Right. Uh, speaking of that, we didn't talk about this. Did you, I guess we didn't have a problem with it. Did you have a problem with how fast he recovered from the liver surgery? Uh, I get the impression that some time had passed. Okay, me too. And the show's always kind of nebulous about that. Right. It takes like, what, six to eight weeks but they're to recover also, from major but surgery? That's the thing. They're also in the middle like of Super Tuesday and... I guess the president won all those, and Dunbar's already in real trouble. Yeah, I guess the passage of time was really nebulous for me on this one. It was. It was. Claire's flying to Germany, and the president, but the president only had days to and to live. And as as long as they pick up kind of where they would probably be, given the rate of his recovery, I'm Uh okay with it. Okay. Uh, Smycell55 uh, liked the episode, but says, I just wish Netflix didn't announce that he, was, uh, that he uh, Kevin Spacey, had been signed on for season five. Oh, God. Spoiler alert. Uh, this is what I was talking about, the, the spoiler problem with like the tension of whether, will he die or won't he? Well, now that it's, that it's over with, I feel like we can talk about it. Right. But I, I, I agree. I wish I didn't know that because... I already like it was effective enough that I started thinking, "Oh my god, is this going to and then I realized, "Oh, it shifts your focus to, to It really does. To how, how bad is it going to go? Yeah, while how is he going to recover not if he's going to recover?" Yeah. And yeah. I just don't know why they can't keep that shit under wraps, man. I don't know. Like I get it, like you shit's got to go out in the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and contracts are negotiated and whatnot, but like it's really undercutting some of the golden age shows like, you know, Game of Thrones suffers from this walking dead. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's impossible to keep these secrets. If, if a fan is even re and it's, it's like in the old days, like I guess you'd have to read TV guide or like get really up in some of these entertainment magazines to get spoiled like this. But now all it takes is one of your asshole friends to share something on Facebook and you go from watching, get seeing baby pictures to oh shit, Kevin Spacey signed for well, I guess he can't <laughs> die of liver failure. Yeah, it's a problem, man. It's mm-hmm. a problem. Uh, he continues. I have a big feeling that Doug's decision to manipulate the system, the the my goddamn liver system, will bite him in the ass. And I'm glad to see Claire finally get something done, even if that means using her own manipulations and blackmail to get it. Frank was right. It's always been her, not the other way around. And I feel that Doug knows that too. Do you agree with any of those assertions? Do you think that Doug is going to pay a price for strong-arming the Secretary of Health to no. break the liver law? No. Me either. I I mean, Doug's done worse, and he's paid no price. Well, he's paid some prices. Yeah, oh, sure. Uh, he's been nearly beaten to death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's paid some prices, but I don't he's think this is... He's had to murder human beings. That's a, right. you know, some kind of cost on your... Uh, f- frankly, I don't think the Secretary of Health has dinner. The way she approached that situation, just sending she him a seems picture. seems pretty mamby-pamby. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's not even a Rachel, let alone a Frank, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, but do you think that Doug... That's the other, I guess, thing, the, the, the hanging chat here. What is Doug's feelings about the First Lady right now? Does he have a grudging respect for her? Mm, I don't is, think so. I don't think so either. I think he doesn't like her. I think she's like... There's a telling line where she said, I can't believe that no one saw this threat to the president coming. And he goes, well, honestly, man, we've been fo- focused more on you as our biggest threat. Right. And I feel like that nothing in these episodes dissuaded him of yeah. thinking that. And he's also Doug, been on the odd, like uh, his season arc last year was Seth taking control, him being forced out uh-huh. and him like 
trying to save the president from himself. Look, mm-hmm. It's not the first time where Doug thinks he knows better than the president and tries to save him from whatever thing he's trying to do to kill himself hmm. or kill his chances anyway. Yeah. Uh, Joanna Kay has a lot of stuff that I think you addressed a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to to go over it. Um, you mentioned that uh, the fact that Frank is all just blunt force this season in your last podcast and no sneak around, just a fist of power, not taking into account what he destroys. Again, you didn't specify whether you didn't like the writing choice or Frank's choice. Frank himself is unraveling. It's clear with his dreams and his daydreams, the blood in the sink, etc. I think we all enjoyed him using his tons of sneaky tactics in season one. That's because he could afford to use them. He had tons of time. He also needed to set the stage for his future moves that he would make. But now he is the president of the United States. The stakes are the highest of the entire series, and that's what the writers are using. I think it's great writing. The pot's been simmering, then at a low boil, and now it's boiling over with nowhere to go but over the sides. I think it's brilliant and inevitable. I agree. I, like I said, don't confuse me no. criticizing characters. I'm disappointed with in disliking. Frank. Underwood, yeah, not necessarily the writers. Although right. I reserve the right to be disappointed with them too, because sure, sure. but you know, uh, yeah, so yeah, far I'm, so good. I'm, I'm not complaining. Sure, I'm of two minds on whether the first three episodes of the season was a complete waste of my time, uh huh, or whether it was a necessary rope a dope to sell the assassination. Hmm. Um, like I said, I've I've got almost two identical or opposite minds of of, of that. Right, uh, and I think either way you fall on that. You've got to at least understand Frank's mindset, like, sure. like she's talking about, and you know he's he's mad, he's he's angry, he's uh, making bad decisions. She also compares and contrasts this with Claire's choice to run with Frank's. She goes, "You guys went nuts against this. Obviously, the writers know that it is an insane choice in political suicide. There is definitely a catch and a reason." Again, it's coming across that you're throwing fault on the writing. I know some of these writers rather well. They know exactly what they're doing. And I think when you guys make these complaints, you should specify what exactly is irking you. The fact that the characters are batshit, which is a great thing, which means the show is affecting you, and when it's an overall problem with the show writing a direction. I, it would get really old if I did that every time I said something about a character, though. And also, I, the thing with the vice presidency is I don't... I mean, that seems like it's a null plot point now. Yeah. But I, at, at some point, a character advancing, a, a smart, intelligent character advancing a crazy proposition to another smart, intelligent, calculating character does seem like bad writing. It's right. such a nakedly so farcical absurd. decision that no yeah. one can take it seriously, not even in the show's universe. So, like, what was her plan? Right. I'm slightly frustrated that I'll not know that now. Yeah, and... I mean, I was partially criticizing it for that. I yes. think, I think for Claire to suggest that it, it either means one of two, it means one of two things that she has either lost her goddamn mind, yep, or she has a, another plan, and this is part of it um, that I'm not privy to, which right. I can't judge its cleverness or not. Right, right, it, and if she has lost her freaking mind and actually thinks that she can win a vice presidential candidacy with Frank, uh. I think that's bad writing because I think Claire is smarter than that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that was going or if it will eventually get there, but uh, that was pretty absurd to me. Now, I said that my bias is that I think when Frank said no, not that, not that, that he uh-huh. was talking about the vice presidency. Having said that, do you see a place where this show can pivot to where Claire has, you know, because everyone's knocking her about her lack of experience and her failures and, 
Can she spin this win in Russia and the fact that she was essentially the prime minister of the United States while Frank was in liver failure? Mm -hmm. Can she spin that? And all the insiders know it. Mm -hmm. Can she spin that into a viable vice presidency now? (laughs) Do you think the show will eventually go down that? Because I still think the whole relate. Maybe. Like what Seth said, like less than 10% of the American people think that a vice president should be a blood relation, period, let alone husband and wife. Right. I mean, you come at it from... I mean, I've heard many people comparing Claire to like Donald Trump. Oh, how can you say that someone with no experience could never get elected into an office? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the impropriety, the nepotism involved in running your own wife as your vice president, combined with the idea that she has no uh, prior political experience. Yes, uh, that's the death knell yes. for that. For that, candidacy. yeah, it wasn't any one thing. It was right. all the things put together. Right. So. Can she spin? I don't think she's done enough at this point to spin it. I th- I still think that's too big of a hill to climb. Uh, I I can't see them going there. But the Donald Trump thing is instructive in that it shows that the American people will throw those objections out the window for a particular candidate that they believe in. So if the show can sell us that for some reason the American people really get behind Claire Underwood... That they, even though it's a stunt and a joke and weird, that they're still like, hell yeah, and I love it. Like, I can see... (laughs) Like Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor. (laughs) Sometimes it happens, It does happen, but here, so... Jesse Ventura. (laughs) Jesse the body Ventura was the governor of Minnesota. Uh, Yeah, whatever. He fucking paratrooped in on his first day. Like, sometimes farcical things happen, and not just America, around the world. Right, and I have a personal bias against this particular thing, because, like, I'm... I'm kind of okay with someone who doesn't have much, if any, political experience mm-hmm. getting getting involved uh, and trying to change it from the outside sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What I'm not cool with is that kind of nepotism. Like, that is insane to me. Well, it's not um, just... So I'm personally biased against that particular plot line. But it's and not just you. There's, like, it, it, there's something for everybody. She's a woman. Right. That's going to be a dead. And I'm not saying it's sure. right, yeah. but it's going to be a issue for a vast swath of the, the population. The fact that she's she has his so wife, much working against her. The fact that she's got no experience. The fact that the little experience she has was where the president forced her on, and then she failed at <laughs> public failure. Yeah, it's bad she's news. Doesn't have so the the fact that she's not a family woman is going to be another non like complete non-starter for a lot of other people. Yeah, like it's a it's a vast coalition of people that wouldn't want to see Claire Underwood right. be the vice president, which yeah. is what Seth was which saying. Is it's why essentially it's so... 90% of the American people. Right, and it's so absurd that she would suggest that. So, <laughs> And then when Frank was like, well, what? can't we move the needle? And Seth's like, what, 40%? Because that's what you'd have, and like that's what you're up against. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, Sierra P has the opinion, please, can they not kill Remy? I need at least some eye candy on this show, and God knows what happened to Peter and Meacham. I feel bad for Meacham. He was, I was so happy for him being sucked back in a pot. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she's talking about Remy. I feel bad for Remy, though. I was very happy to see him suck back into politics when he clearly isn't interested anymore. Donald Bly the single. Huh? Huh? <laughs> There's some eye candy. There's some yeah. eye candy for you. He's the uh, ribbon candy of eye candy. <laughs> oh, God. He is the black jelly bean. Of right. eye candy. <laughs> yeah. The ones you pick out of the bowl and throw away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel bad for Kathy. She's, of course, had to do unethical things for Frank, but I also feel like she's tried to do her job and just wants to be respected and not undermined by Claire constantly. 
I do. Feel, it's it's pretty bad because she is a competent, smart person of her own right, and she's just being road roughshod. Yeah, by Claire. Uh, she continues. Petrov and Claire have super interesting chemistry. He really knows what to say to fuck with her, but she held herself uh, very well. Where is this going, man? I don't know. They've been I mean, starting as a kiss, it's just like, what the fuck? They've been teasing something with them. And that's the thing is like... Uh, it's not romantic. It's definitely not romantic. It's Do you think that there's no attraction between her and him? No, but I feel like I'm bad for, of them. Say, for saying that there is a little bit because he's been such an ass. Right. And, you know, committed sexual assault against her and disregarded her. But I also feel like that there is some kind of fascination with him. Yeah, maybe fascination is the better word for it. Uh-huh. Um, it may not be a sexual thing. It may just be... Or she's aware of the fact that he's using the, and, and turning the weapon against him because... She's definitely doing that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she knows how to read this guy and how to play him. Uh, I, I'm... It's it's a really interesting tension with those two. Uh, she continues, God damn, Frank has really aged through this. It's crazy how quickly that shit ages you. <laughs> My dad had cancer and only needed 24 days of chemo, but he aged about 10 years that month. Oh, I thought you meant the presidency, because that does too. Well, I mean, you've got, so that's the thing that people say. Like, oh, look, right. it's always like, look at Bush before, look at Bush after, look, look at Obama, Obama before, 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 look at after, look at Clinton. One thing I want to say is like, well, it's eight years. True. Take a person when they're in their mid forties, and then look at them in their mid fifties. Yeah, unless you're there, Rob Lowe, there's a or John Stamos. Yeah, there's a cliff that people <laughs> fall off at a certain age where it's like right. you're fuckable, and then really, no if you're anybody on Fuller House, honestly, they all kind of <laughs> held up well except for Danny. Well, they kept him in shrink wrap. Bob Saget went to shit, man. That's see, he kept on working. Everybody else went right. to shrink wrap and was was stored in the ABC warehouse like uh, the uh, the Lost Ark. Stamos got a little bit of the entourage action. That's true, he did. It's, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, what was I saying? You completely derailed me, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, but, but part of it is, yeah, I do think that the stress and the private, like, the, I imagine, well, how much sleep do you think the president gets? Very little. I mean, at George Bush, everyone said he got, like, a full eight every hour, every, well, every day. But I, I don't know that that was entirely serious. I just feel like you're always getting... You're always getting shitty sleep. Even if you're getting a full night's sleep, it's probably getting interrupted or, yeah. you know, you're worried. I mean, I, I I feel like there's a lot of things that would age a person in dog years holding that office. Mm-hmm. Um, she also opinion, has the opinion that Kevin Spacey's weirdly cuter with his full gray hair. It almost gives him a more boyish look, that mop of gray at the top of his head when they take a walk and talk. Uh, she loved that scene. Do you Do you agree with that? Because I thought it was more of his hair not being slicked down at presidential. Yep. I 100% agree with you there. It's like That's... Don Draper's office, and then you see Don Draper in the white tee in the weekend. He always looks younger and more boyish because... Yeah. His hair is a little tousled. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she says, I'm actually really si- excited to see Underwood, Underwood 2016. Eventually, a Claire presidency. If this show stays this good, I'm down with it lasting five, six, seven seasons. I went and I did a lot of research on uh-huh. the first lady because Claire was running roughshod over Kathy this episode yeah. and advising uh, Donald. And I, I was I was wondering how accurate is that? Could the first lady do this? Like, could she heard, be brought on as Nancy an advisor? Reagan did a lot of like Hillary type. Clinton did a lot of this too. And like, it got me researching. Like, oh, okay, Hillary Clinton was first lady and she went to the Senate and all these like you know, Emil. 
emulation, emulation, not emulation, laws. Emulation. Uh, basically, uh, ineligibility clauses in the oh. the Constitution. Okay, where you can't serve in the Senate and uh, be have any kind of executive uh, position at all. Okay, and the First Lady is an executive position. And I was it got me is on the. It? It, technically, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's an uh, actual position within the federal government. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and then I was thinking about, oh, okay, well, it's weird, you know, with Hillary running, be interesting to have Bill Clinton, the former president, as the first, the first gentleman? gentleman of the White House. Yeah, like... Oh, no, that's that's going to be And a former president, it's... That would be high... Uh, that, that would, would be, be real interesting. <laughs> yeah, from a social experiment. And, uh, honestly, this election cycle is going to be... There's nothing that can happen that won't be utterly fascinating. You're right. You're right, and that's 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 where I'll leave it. Um, Ryan M said, "There's a couple of things um, that have kind of taken away of his enjoyment for House of Cards for a while." He says, mm-hmm. "Item number one is the show Scandal. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it, but it's like a trashier, more female-driven House of Cards." Carrie Washington's character plays a DC fixer who helps powerful people out of sticky situations. She's been having an ongoing affair with the president on that show. It's completely batshit with the first lady hooking up with the vice president while the vice president is plotting to overthrow the government. House of Cards has never quite hit the prestige level of television, but it's come damn close. With all these stupid nukes being lobbed back and forth between Frank and Claire, it's resembled a more expensive scandal so far. Do you agree with that? I've never seen Scandal, so I don't know. I thought you had. Okay, no, shit. No, my ex watched Scandal. Okay, that's I thought that's why I thought you knew a little bit more about it. I mean, maybe through osmosis, I got a little bit, uh-huh. uh, but I've never seen it, and I don't, I don't know that I wouldn't count this as like top tier television. Honestly, I mean, not the toppest of top tier, yeah, either, but it's in that strata, and I think I think you got to call it prestige television. It wins. Yeah. It, it gets constant Emmy right. buzz, and I'm prepared you know. to do that. Okay. Uh, item the second is the real-life rise of Donald Trump. Jim said on the podcast it was patently absurd for Claire to think that she could just go from never having held public office to president. I had to laugh when he said that because Donald Trump had never held elected office, and apparently a huge portion of Americans don't seem to give a shit. Right. In fact, Claire Underwood is arguably more qualified to be president than Trump is. At least being a first lady, United Nations ambassador, is some kind of public service, something the Trump has never done. Right, but that's like saying I would be... I don't know, qualified to be a firefighter because I had tried to put out a fire and it burnt my house down. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's not, that's no experience. She failed miserably. And again, I, again, we're, we, there's a lot with, like we just said, there's a lot with Claire. I just wanted to read this right, because right. we got a lot of people saying that exact same example and I wanted to give someone a voice to it. It's true. If you limit it like strictly to the political office thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Sure. It's insane. It's, it's real weird that, Donald Trump is doing what he's doing, but mm-hmm. it's a thing. Yep. Liz G, do you think that Frank asked Meacham to fire a shot when they were in a crowd at the college campus? What? No. No, well, I don't think so. That's a hell of a theory. The show does put it forth is as admittedly a crackpot idea, but there is the suggestion put forth that uh, a college, uh, a kid, or a kid in college, a college kid, but. Uh, a person on campus, a student on campus, reported the Secret, si- fi- Secret Service fired first. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I I think it's insane, but sure. Because that's a, that you're talking about a fishnado level coincidence of them, something they didn't intend, which is Lucas. Well, I mean, you're coming talking... to shoot him with Frank telling Meacham to just fire a random shot to rile things up, and that had to happen at the exact same time. 
I mean, what? Wait, read that question one more time. Do you think that Frank, the president, asked Meacham, the Secret Service agent, to fire a shot when they were in the crowd on the college campus? If Lucas wasn't there, I would believe that. Lucas being there makes that impossible. To cause a scandal? Yeah, to get sympathy. That's a terrible, terrible idea for Frank. He's got some with all the camera the last film. season. Or I two. mean, this is 2016, Frank. Sure. sure, you're gonna someone is gonna see that Secret Service and have it on camera that that sure. guy shot first into an unarmed crowd. You're gonna be brought up on charges if that's the case. Well, I mean, it's not the first or last time he's done something that. But it's so. I agree. I obvious. I am kind of intrigued with the idea that someone's behind this and has maneuvered this, but it seems like it's such a far-fetched conspiracy-type plot that I can't find a shred of evidence in-universe to suggest it. And I think once they get around to explaining that that happened, it'll be too late to to salvage that idea. I think it's got to just be Lucas acting on his own. Uh, Is Frank being honest with Claire? Is he really going to support her bid to be vice president, or is he just saying what needs to be said to get her back in the White House? I didn't think that's that's what he said. The interesting... That's... Well, no, but, I mean, he's promising something, and that's, I think, the interesting question. Uh, It is, yeah. It's kind of like with Seth. How do you ever trust this person after they've said this one thing? Now, I mean... That's true. That's that's Whenever I'm deciding whether to evaluate a person's change... And, and how I want them back in my life or out of my life, I always think, you know, like, what has changed? Well, Frank, right. the answer is easy. He had a near-death experience. Pretty big change. That can be formative for people. Yeah. Um, whether the change is lasting or not, but I do think in the moment he's being sincere. Yeah. Jeremy L. says, You guys have complained about the series stretching itself out more than it needs to, and I, for one, have to agree. I want to hear your opinion on the assassination attempt on Frank. Well, I must admit I didn't see it coming, and I find the following episodes engaging as Claire the Opportunist takes control of the White House through Donald Blythe. My question is, did you think the attempted assassination of Frank served the season well, or does it come off as a deliberate attempt by the writers to stretch the show out even further? I liked it. I felt like it almost saved the show. Okay. Because it injected a bunch of it, it completely like like Claire said. If you don't like the way the t- table set, flip over the table. I oh, feel like Jesus. Now you're going conspiracy on me again. Why? Claire's behind it. No, all. no, 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 no. I'm just saying <laughs> okay. that Bo Willimon took his own character's advice and just flipped the table over in this season, uh-huh. sidelining Frank for three, essentially three episodes. And here's the thing: I would only view it as as stretching it out if they were treading water on plot, and I don't feel like they are. No. I feel like sidelining him gives Claire um it, now it does it does make it a little confusing about the divorce thing. Like what the hell was all that lead up for? Uh if they were just gonna do this. But I think it gave it gave so much room for Claire and Petrov to do their thing. It gave us room for Frank to have a change again. Uh I feel like there was a lot of progression over these last few episodes. I do too. And I I honestly don't know where they're going now. Yeah. Uh but but you know an excited interested way more and less in a complaining whining way like where are they going yeah I'm like man where are they going um I yeah I I can't wait to to binge the the next set of this mm-hmm. um so that's all we got for feedback if you'd like to send us more House of Cards at baldmove.com again please put in your episode or ch- number or chapter name in in the, uh, the 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 subject line or something so I can know where to put it in uh, our coverage um 
Yeah. And uh, you can discuss it on forums.baldmove.com. And we'll be back this Friday with coverage of episodes seven, eight, and nine. Yep. Of this season four. Yeah. So we'll see you then. <laughs>